and welcome back to Thacker's Sunday Hangover, the midweek remedy. And on today's midweek remedy, we have a special guest who's special in many ways. <laughs> thank, thank you. Do you want me to introduce myself? It's my, yeah, it's my brother. Hello, Tom. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. A bit lethargic because I'm digesting. What but... are you doing here? Oh, I just come home for Father's Day. I missed it. I came home. <laughs> So that's good. That's a bit good late. Good start. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just come hang, hang out. What's been going on? Tell tell the people what's been going on in Tom's world. Because actually, there will be a lot of people that know you that are listening, yeah. and they'll want to know how you're doing. Because um, people, Carl Hinchy asked me how you are the other day. Oh, okay. I was like, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I'm uh, made a film recently which is going to be screened sometime soon in manchester um and yeah i'm just sort of uh pottering around making making bits and bobs pottery mainly um mainly paintings uh no no pots as of yet but i can uh i can ex- but you yeah. said you were pottering yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm with you, I'm with you. Uh, let's go, let's go. No, but, um, but you've just got yourself a new job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, n- no longer uh, COVID uh, swabbing, no more coffin uh, gaggers. Um, I'm bringing food to people's tables and then taking the plates away from the tables once they've ingested the food. <laughs> Enjoying it? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, keeps the lights on, eh? Uh, <laughs> Does it? Not j- many just, lines. just about. Yeah, <laughs> I probably do about seventy-five to eighty percent of the lights in my flat at any one time. Ah, oh, fun. But anyway, so we're on midweek remedy. You know the drill. It's a little twenty-minute escape for the people uh, from their their midweeks and their. Busy, busy lives. Um, mm. But yeah, today, so obviously I had a few things I wanted to talk about. One, and probably primarily and uh, I suppose most poignantly, the return of probably my most hated TV show, which is Love Island. Um, and I don't, well, I think we share a similar opinion on this, but I'm probably a bit more staunch in my like <laughs> hatred for this programme, which I will explain. But um, Tom, when I say the words Love Island to you, First thoughts that come to mind. <laughs> I, I do get infuriated by Love Island. Um, don't get me wrong. I uh, am privy to my uh, my guilty pleasures in, in reality television. I love myself a Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yeah, I, no, he's... Yeah, I that, like, is, that is good stuff. That is I, good shite. I just... Uh, I watched... Um, Flavor of Love. You ever seen Flavor of Love? No. It's, uh, it's a dating program from... The, um, early to mid 2000s uh and it's 20 women come into a mansion and they all get eliminated like the bachelor but it's all hosted by flavor flav (laughs) (laughs) and they're all competing (laughs) to date him (laughs) it's so bizarre and it's uh, it's it's like really really trash but you know they're all playing up for the camera and it's sort of early days of um, and and everyone realizes that it's fake and um, but yeah no and and I I do I I do love that kind of stuff because it it's too ridiculous it, it feels fantastical um, but for my I don't know I I I 
can't quite get on board with Live, Live Island. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, no, but I think, well, we, we were just speaking about this at dinner, but I think it's the reason why you like that. I mean, it's, I, I am with you in terms of everyone needs to switch off every now and then. I'm mm. like, I like watching Archer because it's a stupid cartoon. You can't be watching stuff that's going to engage your, like, fully engage your brain where you're like required effort to digest and mm. analyze and think about like deep thoughts all the time because you'll just knock yourself out because we have so much going on in life. I get yeah, that 100%. But the problem is with Love Island, and this is something I said to you <laughs> just now, was that it, I hate it because it has too many negative externalities on wider society and that the and and we have such a problem and we've had a problem for I want to say decades about portraying in the media unrealistic ideals for people to live up to mm. and 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 at the moment I mean men are really rapidly in the media I feel like it's catching up to where it's been for women for a long time in terms of portraying unrealistic ideals because now it feels like if if you're not a mixed race jacked guy who loves lifting weights and just I, I don't know has like baby blue eyes then you're pretty much just useless as a man and and I, I just feel like what why why are we te- because Love Island know exactly who their target audience is it's young teenage to early I suppose uni student age yeah, yeah. and and they in during that time you're the most impressionable you're ever gonna be and. And then off the back of that, there is the brand deals, they're in adverts, they have the success, they have the money at the back of doing the show. So we are then societally portraying these people to be the desired and to be the thing that you should be sought after rather than someone that has got a fundamentally amazing talent from years and years of hard graft and work or from you know academic study or yeah, you know, sporting yeah, sure. environment or something like that. And for me, I just have such an issue with why, like, every summer, there are just people in there, like, it feels like millions are just frothing at the mouth to just <laughs> look at these really un... un I suppose, what's it, what, what am I trying to say? Like, just unamazing... Not, um, not unamazing, because that's not a word, but, like... <laughs> unamazing. Un, un, unremarkable yeah, people yeah. who are just good-looking and love just being twats in the villa for two months. Well, let me say this. I mean, pardon the analogy if it doesn't quite work, we'll just go with it. But, you know, I I think you could draw a lot of similarities between Love Island and, well, internet pornography. I mean, they're both directed at uh, demographics that are interested in sex relationships. You know, it's exciting for them. Uh, A lot of the focus is on what seems to be uh, on bodily attraction physical attributes um and it's of course fake um i would i would say that in moderation uh, and and with an understanding that these things are, are being designed to f- you know fulfill certain uh, desires or or um within young people you know I, I think in recognition of that then you could probably enjoy enjoy it to a healthy level but i think it's when you become too engrossed and maybe susceptible to these ideas of love and relationships and sex, you know, as we see it on on the screen in Love Island, uh, for example, you know, then it can probably start to portray some more dangerous ideas. Yeah, I get that. I think I think it is. I mean, there is an argument for like enough of everything in moderation. Yeah. But the, for me, Love Island, if you start watching it, 
and you're like committed to, or you, you want to watch it every night, you are there for at least an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, <laughs> every night for two months. Yeah, that's... Sit, that, how many hours, that's like, that's over, I want to say, three to four days worth of Love Island, just solidly. And like, for me, that is just a waste of existence. Like, <laughs> like please, please go fill your time with something that's, not even like it doesn't even have to be fulfilling. I wouldn't even say go watch documentaries or go read the whole time. Just, mm. don't, just don't. For me, it's just a dangerous contributor towards like a wider problem that we've got. And I feel like there's so many other things that you can watch to switch off that are one better for you. Because also, I feel like we we as well, especially in the UK, but like I know this is globally, we have a big problem with actually just. Um, voluntarily engaging with stuff that's fundamentally not good for us, like especially media. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, they're going to just sell to us what we want to see. Sex sells. You know, these... This has been proven to work. It's just... I mean, it's not like dating shows like this are particularly new. Maybe Love Island is a heinous contemporary example of, you know, where it's we are. Brother. Yeah, well, exactly. it's Big Brother, but sexy people in the in in, uh-huh. uh, in underwear the whole time, rather than, well, <laughs> just I rat. rat. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. the, but these these yeah these TV shows, yeah, they're not new. I and you know, but I also recognise that yeah no, it, it's, it's it, I think that this show probably does exacerbate some um, social ills. Uh, but you know, I think it's I think it it's all at the discretion of the viewer, and as long as people know what they're watching and they're not sort of maybe uh, I would say brainwashed. Uh, I don't know, um, manipulated. Yeah, 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 manipulated maybe by what what they're putting out. You know, then then I, I I don't know. Each to their own. I personally I don't get it, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just. Yeah, for me, I'll, I'll always struggle with that program and this this kind of program. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, do what you want. But I mean, <laughs> oh, just, how defeated you sound! Just, just, just try. I mean, I am though with, with society. Just with, with the but it's spreading as well, and it's not just the UK that have got a love island. I'm pretty sure it's in America now, and also South Africa. South Africa's one is a complete shit show by all accounts. <laughs> I've, I've heard. I haven't watched it, but. From reports, it is just completely ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Love Island's back. So I can't oh. wait, wait to uh, hear oh, that theme joy. tune about a trillion times this summer. But there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, try try and avoid it. It would be my advice if you haven't watched it already. Um, and if you do watch it, then on your own head be it. <laughs> <laughs> when your uh, brain is mush at the age of... 50. Well, no, no, no. But, you know, <laughs> I think... I, think I know, but, you know, important to ask questions as to why we engage in, in, in all this. Why, why? Maybe ask yourself... It's the dopamine hit. Yeah, well, because, yeah. Because it's it's really, like... On a, the reason, it's, it's, it's the similar reasons why we've always been interested in relationshipy type social experiment programmes is because some these social experiments are relatable, but they're so pandering to the extent that they're relatable, mm. it's like we don't realise what we're actually watching. and what. So it's literally you're watching sexy people on a screen who are having some probably some of the same relationship issues slash, you know, and you're watching sex and flirting, which is exciting. I get it. However, you just do have to realise how 
these dopamine hits and this short term is short run kind of entertainment how is it actually providing a lot of value and um i suppose depth to your life Mm. much to the extent that same as social media instagram like does endless scrolling and i've I've actually been guilty of that recently where i've just been spending (laughs) way too much time on my phone which sucks and i hate to admit it but i have it just doesn't add anything to your life. Well, you know, I could, I, I would say that maybe the instant gratification culture extends into dating in a very real capacity, especially in the yeah. context of the pandemic with, you know, your apps, you know, Hinge oh, and Tinder. But horrible. like, yeah, it's, 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 you know, but I think it's all about knowing the sort of social rules around these things. Anyway, should we, uh, yeah, should we we'll move, move on? Yeah, we'll move on. Cause... We've, uh, we've been beating up <laughs> Long Love Island. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, I don't, like, even if the producers were to listen to this, I don't, don't care. Like, I'll, I'll say it to your face. But also, Oof, um, fighting words. But, but also, even if, I don't, I don't think the people that were, to, if they were to listen to this, the, the people going on Love Island would care at all because they're just set for life pretty much off the back of this. Yeah. You see, like, all these people, Molly May and all that. Anyway, um, other thing I wanted to talk about, and it's something that's been really like a big bugbear of mine, and I, actually it's been a bugbear for ages because I remember first taking massive issue with it when we were interrailing and when we went to Lulu. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but ever since then, I just can't stop noticing it wherever I go, and it it like hurts me to my core. Was how people when they're going to att- attend live events or live well attractions experiences in person are not engaging with the experience firstly through their eyes rather through the camera screen that they're filming from first and then they're enjoying the thing second and i'm like this is not the point in you going to events you the reason why you go to events is to enjoy the experience enjoy the thing if you want to take a picture afterwards to remember that thing then do that but don't make the phone. Don't make the thing you're videoing the whole experience, like because that that's just completely fat. And the whole reason we all know, as much as people will deny it, the whole reason why you're doing that is to put it on social media for that instant gratification from other people. And what I'd say a large majority of the time, that's what it is. Even if it's not, it'll be to show other people and to show other friends because. You, do you remember when we went to Disney and that person was filming the whole fireworks show? <laughs> How many times are you going to watch that back in your life? That's very true. About uh... two, maybe. <laughs> and like there was a guy, I remember going to Spurs um, at Wembley and he recorded the whole game on his GoPro. What? Record it at home. Like, don't, what, what are you doing? Like, don't bother buying the ticket. Just watch the game at home or just, I honestly, mate, I don't, well, I don't a, get it. It's um, a... a larger signifier of where you know where we are and our, our our own relationships with social media and what social media means to us i mean i think you know i think that uh, uh instagram for example is a lot of people's life portfolios yeah. you know to 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 sell to other people people they might not know yet or their friends that they are worth being around, worth being friends with, worth knowing, you know, they want to show that they engage in activities, you know, watch live sport, you know, they want to broadcast their reality, their sort of upload their stream of consciousness so that people can understand, you know, maybe who they are. It's, 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 it's obviously all ego, but when it, when it comes, when it interferes 
with uh, your enjoyment of a, a live performance, for example, to the point where, you know, you're watching the performance through a screen, then I think there are some serious questions to be yeah. asking about, you know, what, what, yeah, yeah, of course, what is the, what's the point in, in being there in the first place? And I, I think a lot of people don't realize they're doing it. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably, it's a learned behavior. Someone, someone start, you know, when Instagram became big, I mean, and people probably didn't document everything with their cameras. Well, I mean, cameras are now, obviously everyone's got a camera now. Um, Whereas before people just, I think maybe it's the fact that everyone's got the the possibility to document what they're seeing. They feel like it's worth documenting, but you know, that's not the case. Yeah. And, and the thing that, I mean, that rammed it home this weekend was when, um, it was a like, spectacular day of golf at the U S open, um, where, and, and for the first time people have been able to go to golf events in about a year, I want to mm. say. And what pained me was to see, like, right behind the golfer, you could see where the camera was shooting, where in the spectator area, maybe two out of 40 people watching it, not on their phone, mm. or, like filming it. And I'm just thinking, but you're, if you're <laughs> filming this, you're one of 40 people filming the exact same thing, which is also being filmed by... Professional, professional camera, camera crew. Crew. yeah so you know <laughs> so, like, like <laughs> just watch it and enjoy that experience because especially with sport and this is obviously something i'm very passionate about when a big event happens or when something spectacular happens like someone making a putt someone scoring a goal someone scoring a try whatever it is mm. the emotion of that experience is like unparalleled it's just a fantastic adrenaline rush but never will you be able to experience that the same if you're having to concentrate on the camera and getting it in frame and all this stuff. Yeah, and there's a pressure to be a, a visionary in that yeah. moment. You know, why, why can't you just be a passive observer? Yeah. And might I say this as well, if you're uploading these clips, you know, say someone from the US Open uploaded a clip and I was following them, I clicked on their story, I saw that they were filming the golf and I was like, you know, in that moment I'd think, oh, they're watching the golf skip you know yeah. and I, tell yeah. Through, yeah. I don't care yeah. like like i'm sorry you may care a lot but i don't care yeah. and you've ruined your experience of that moment because you're trying to document it for others yeah. well you say it's for others well um, you say it's for yourself you say but, it's for yourself but it really is for others when you're putting stuff on your story and but 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 no one cares and mm. you know what that that is actually a really quite relieving piece of advice that I heard recently. I mm. mean, at first it strikes you as quite confrontational. Yeah. What do you mean? No one cares. I've got plenty of things to say. No, 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 no one, no one really thinks about you that much. No one really cares about what, you know, too much. So it's okay to just relax, just relax. Yeah. Massively. And stop thinking so much about, um, how you present yourself yeah, to I think, yeah and especially as we come out of lockdown where I mean in the last I want to say two to three weeks socially I've been busier than I've ever been and I've just wanted to like grab opportunities with both hands and I think maybe I've been a bit guilty of worrying a bit too much about Mm. Yeah, documenting things because I, at the same time I do want to see Instagram as a bit of like a tapestry of my life yeah yeah, yeah. which you know could you argue 
why do you need to do that? Well, it's replaced take... photo books, I suppose. No one prints off their, yeah. their photos anymore. I do think, though, what if Instagram just... Yeah, <laughs> it's a very real possibility. Like, one day it's just gone, and because that can happen. Mm-hmm. Like, sites can go immediately. Someone could hack Instagram really feasibly, and all your content, all your data could be completely gone. And I know that, obviously, then it depends on like how much storage you've got on phones and how much you've backed up, which a lot of people won't do. So some people's whole entire like memories can just go like that and say well there's an argument so I suppose to print stuff physically again but um (laughs) but yeah no I think the whole point is is that I just I'd love to see in the future and it's not going to happen but what I would love to see is less people watching stuff through their phones first and especially the the biggest thing of my entire life I remember seeing this and not because you know it's it was particularly spectacular because I think we both have a uh, point of view on the Mona Lisa mm. because we we agreed I think that the story behind the Mona Lisa is more spectacular than the piece of art itself. Oh yeah, of course. And so, actually, as a spectacle, it's not something so marvelously out, outstanding that. Oh, I, I don't, I'm trailing. No, no, but, no, no but, I get what you but, mean. But basically, you, you saw people entering the room in which the Mona Lisa sits phone first yeah and that just depressed the shit out of me because i was like right so you're telling me you're in paris you're abroad most people will be abroad you're in the louvre which costs money to get into and you're probably not going to come back for years and years and years some some people maybe ever yeah exactly and you are walking into a room where one of the most priceless pieces of art are in the world and your first time you're seeing it is through a phone screen what the nora is that Fun fact, I think last time the Mona Lisa was valued for insurance, it was valued at 850 million US dollars. Maybe more, maybe I've got that wrong. But, uh, wow. Yeah. Well, we were. Well, there you go. I mean, you learn something new every day, especially on the Midweek Remedy. So, there we go. Don't quote me, I've probably got it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so that, I mean, those are the two big ones. I don't, I mean, I was going to speak about England, Scotland, but. I actually don't want to. Scotland, well done. You won nil-nil. England, please just be better against Czech Republic. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic from a personal point of view to see. Um, so John Rahm, I want to say it was two weeks ago, um, he got told on the very last hole at the Memorial Tournament um, where he was leading, and he was leading going into the last day, that he'd tested positive of COVID. He, he got told on the 18th green, just after he'd finished his round, not in the privacy of anyone, which is extremely heartbreaking, especially mm. you know with everything that's going on. And now athletes are able to go play back in front of crowds, and it would have been an incredibly emotional thing for him. So you could tell he was truly devastated. Anyway, he came back um, from, uh, you know, and I think it was this was the first tournament that he was playing back which is a US Open a major unbelievably difficult course they're playing on this week and he played spectacularly the last day coming from behind um, to win the tournament with two of the most fantastic shots I've seen on the last two holes and if there's ever um, I think some of the quotes that he came out with at the back of that tournament I can't remember them off the top of my head but it was all about you know being patient, waiting for your time to come, keep working hard in the face of adversity, um, and when the opportunity arises, being ready to take it any moment. I thought, again, that was beautiful. It's, it draws parallels to something that um, 
has been going on with Carl Sinclair as well, where he initially got omitted from the Lions squad, then kept working hard, played consistently well. Someone got injured and then he was in the position to take that spot in the Lions tour. So lots of really cool life lessons at the moment coming mm. out from different facets of sport, which is really motivating me um, just in life at the minute and, and just being ready to take opportunities when they come. Um, and hopefully, you know, as things start to open up again, opportunities will be much more readily available for many people, whether that be in work, society, you know, socially, um, whatever that may be. And I think it will be a good life lesson for us all to kind of have a look at how these people and obviously they're incredibly driven and, you know, trained people for you know decades that they practice their craft. However, some of the lessons that you can take and, and um, something that we can all aspire to is that mentality to be ready to take the opportunity when it comes. Yes, yes, I would very much agree. Wicked. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for waffling with me. <laughs> thanks for having me. It's <laughs> been nice. Yeah. yeah, I like it. We'll do it again. I think we're going to probably. Well, I mean, we have the capacity to go and do a three-hour podcast at some point, hmm. but we'll probably have to go get a bottle of wine and, uh, <laughs> and hunker down on some specific topics. But um, yeah, we'll do it again. But um, yeah, everyone, have a fantastic rest of your week. I hope that was a little... I don't actually know how we've been going for. 25 minutes. There you go. I hope that was a lovely 25-minute respite for your week. Um, Enjoy the rest of it. Hopefully the weather gets better, and I'll speak to you very soon. See you later.